0: actually today was i stopped a bad habit and let me tell you how what this habit was and how it got started first at the beginning of covid i wanted to make sure my daughter and i got out every day to walk so i try to find something that would really encourage us or entice us or just make it fun for mostly her to get out and walk. And my sister reintroduced me to Pokemon Go, which I had played years ago when it first came out. I was like, oh yeah, this is perfect. Cause it gets you to walk. You have something to, it gamifies your walk. It kind of makes it fun and exciting. So we both got Pokemon Go and put it on our phone. So then it was working. Like we were going out even when it was raining because we had to go get Pokeballs, or we wanted to search for creatures, and it kind of made it fun. Well, over time, I started finding myself playing this Pokemon Go, even when my daughter wasn't around, when we weren't on walks, and then I noticed that I was playing it when we were walking, and she no longer was. She had stopped playing, and I was now addicted to it. And This is how this works. This is how this habit works. Is When I was playing, every time you see a character you don't have or catch a character or evolve a character, you get this nice shot of dopamine in your head. And This is why so much of social media is so addictive. The likes shot of dopamine, which is why we keep refreshing to see if we get more likes, because every time we see an increased amount of likes, shot of dopamine. It feels good. It's a reward. And so something I had started to engage more with my daughter was now actually taking me away and taking me away from engaging with my daughter. And it had become a habit. It was something that even if I said I'm not going to do it, as soon as we passed somewhere that was a pokey stop. Before I even knew what I was doing, I'd be out there like my phone would be out going. And as soon as it was out and going, now I'm stuck and involved in it. And I'm having trouble turning it off. And I I mean, this sounds kind of silly. I mean, it's a game. But for me, it was that release of dopamine. And I kept going back to it. And it became a habit because I kept having these cues that were reminding me to do it. And without even thinking about it, I did it. And for so many of us, we get into these habits that we don't even realize our habits because they become automated. Think about it. How do you brush your teeth in the morning? Do you think about brushing your teeth in the morning? Do you brush it with your right or left hand? When you get ready, your routine in the morning, what's your routine? Do you have a set routine every morning and you do one thing that leads to the next that leads to the next and you don't even think about it? i'm reading the book um power of habit by charles duhigg and he talks about this he did years and years decades of research and is still doing decades of research on habit and how habits are formed and he found they found and targeted this area in our brain called the basal ganglia and they didn't know what it did at first and they now have associated with it with habit what happens is when we do something once and we're rewarded for it it becomes something that we want to do again when we repeat it over and over and over again it feeds into our basal ganglia and it becomes automated because our brain actually wants to simplify things it doesn't want to make more effort than it needs to and so it creates these habits think about driving a car how much thought do you put into driving the car at this point? Probably not a whole lot, which is why we get into trouble because if something happens outside of our expectations, we're not always prepared for it because the very thought of driving, the very idea and act of driving has become so automated. How many of you have accidentally driven to work when you were supposed to go somewhere else? Because you're on autopilot, right? This is habit. Our brain just, sits there and goes right into the moment that we don't have to think so what does this have to do with our kids this is what i talk about our kids so what does this have to do about our kids when we get in situations with our kids if you feel like you're having the same argument with your kids over and over again or you even have sat down with your teens, like I've recommended and we've talked about the reasons and they even get on board. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to be on my phone all the time. I'm going to get off. Or yeah, I want to get enough sleep. And they may say it, but in the moment they believe it and they will. But what happens is like two days later, they're back to doing what we tried to prevent them or stop them from doing, right? Or ourselves, do we find ourselves in the same argument with our teens? over and over again. We often do. This is all based on habit. And so we can blame our basal ganglia for now, but now that I'm telling you about it, you can't blame it anymore. Because another, another, um, Dr. Um, shoot, Dr. Caroline Leaf, L-E-A-F, Dr. Caroline Leaf has done some amazing work on neuroplasticity, which is basically that your brain can, evidence that your brain can change. And her whole work is about how we think that we're set one way and our brain works one way, but we actually have a lot of control. An ability to change our brain which means to change our habits and a lot of you have probably heard you know to establish a new habit you have to do it for at least 30 days or 45 days or 90 days it kind of changes the whole point of that is you want to set it up so it becomes automatic but a lot of times you have to override something else that is already automatic to be able to do that and it takes it's really difficult to override that one of the main reasons it's difficult to override it and this is this was really eye opening to me because i could never figure out why are my bad habits so easy to maintain and why do i so easily fall back that's my sister my daughter going yes Mom. um yeah why are habits so the bad habits so difficult to get rid of and good habits so difficult to hold on to One of the key reasons is bad habits tend to have an immediate reward. That shot of dopamine or that tastes really yummy and it tastes great or it's just immediate enjoyment, right? So we tend to fall back to these things that have immediate a lot of our good habits like eating well or exercising or getting enough waking up early. Not only do they not have immediate benefits or rewards, sometimes they're kind of not fun to begin with, and the rewards are very long term. And it's hard to continue to reward to stay on something when we don't see that immediate reward. That's my cat hitting the computer. <laughs> so sorry about that. Um, so let's get back to how this impacts our teens. There's three things that really cause a habit. And if we want to change something that we, a misbehavior or anxiety or some habit in our teens, I'm going to tell you first, you're going to have to change a habit that you're doing. First, you're going to change, have to change you. Why? Because habits need a cue to start. And this is going back to Charles Duhigg's work on the power of habit. There's There's three things habits need. They need a cue or a trigger, they do the action, whatever the habit is, and then there's a reward. So a lot of times if we're having the same argument with our kids and we're getting finding ourselves in the same situation with our teens, chances are we're both going into automatic responses, into, uh, into our habits. So if we're yelling at our teens all the time and we go, all right, Dr. Camp said, I'm not supposed to yell, it doesn't work, so I'm not gonna yell, and then, the next thing happens, your teen does something, and all of a sudden you realize, I'm yelling again, right. that's the only way they hear me, I got to yell. What happened was your teen did something, which was a cue to trigger your automatic response to yell. And the reward is that your teen is going to either react to that, or it feels good to yell, or there's some form of reward that happens. So you're now cueing your teen. We first have to look at how we're responding, what that cue is, and we need to start changing, saying the next time my teen does this, I'm going to find another behavior and it's going to take a while. I'm going to have to practice this even when they're not getting pushing my buttons. I need to practice this so I'm not responding that way. On the other hand, on the other side for your teen, your teen is acting out the same way over and over again because of the cues they're getting. So let's say they are addicted to their phones, which all of us are, right? Let's just face it. All of us are, they're programmed to make them addictive. Um, If they say, okay, I'm going to stop, but then there's a cue of the phone there, or there's a cue of when they go upstairs, they usually turn it on. Or the second they wake up, that's the first thing they do. There's cues. So what I want us to first do is look at either the interaction with our teen that we're having that we want to change or the teen's behavior that we want to change and look at what happens right beforehand. What happens right before that event? What is cueing us on that? And then do you want to say something? I'm sorry. My daughter really wants to jump in. All right, come on in. My daughter (laughs) really wants to jump in. Um, yeah. My mom's right, phones do get addicting. Teens say that they're gonna get off on their phones, but they never do, and that's the first, I know it sounds so bad, but that's the first thing I do when I wake up is because they're programmed to be like that. If they weren't programmed to be like that, then, um Teens will look at it less. So how would you stop doing that? With something It's you can hard do it? because like you formed an addiction over time to the point where like Right. So here's my suggestion. Here's what I did with the Pokemon Go to show an example. I deleted it from my app because what was happening, like I said, I had cues all over the place, and it was so easy to go do. And I knew that obviously I wasn't beating the cues, so I deleted it, which then my daughter gave me a high five, boom. Okay, (laughs) she's gonna high five there, high five, and immediately deleted too, which means now our next walk, all we have to do is talk, and I'm looking forward to it. Because the funny thing is, I had started Pokemon Go to encourage her to walk, and found out that what was really encouraging her to walk with me was the ability time to talk with me. Yes. And then I, I was always t- late to talk. You and then I was late. taking that away with the stupid Pokemon Go because I was getting addicted to it. So yes. I got rid of it. Thanks for letting me speak. You're Bye, welcome, everybody. Oh, by the way, this is Dorothy. That's Dorothy. Hi, Dorothy, our cat. He
1: um, was
0: rubbing up against. Yes, he was computer. rubbing up against it. So the first thing to think of and the thing I wanted you guys to think of today is what is cueing this behavior? What is triggering this behavior both in you and your reaction to your teen and your teen in their desire to do something? And if you're constantly in the same getting in this rut of arguing all the time, look at what is cueing that argument for you first, because you're going to see changing habits is really difficult because they're so ingrained this is why even if we become we develop and replace a bad habit with a with a better habit or a good habit we will often if we get cued for the bad habit it's easy to fall back into so you want to find what is cueing this what is triggering this and what can I do differently this is this can be as simple as when they come down the stairs, I automatically know. Like if they're stomping down the stairs, I automatically know I'm gonna I'm getting riled up, right? Or when they roll their eyes, that's a trigger for a lot of us, right? I automatically get this heart rate. So next time they roll their eyes, what am I going to do instead? How am I going to change that? And I'm going to say they're rolling their eyes because that is their automatic response to feeling out of control, feeling like they don't have control, or feeling like they're being judged, or feeling like they're frustrated. This is their automatic response. So I'm not going to get mad at them for that. I'll point it out so that they start learning they're doing it, but I'm not going to get mad because I understand that's also their automatic response. And I'm going to stop my automatic response on how I usually handle it because it tends to spiral out of control and end in an argument and they'll still roll their eyes the next day because it's an automatic response that we haven't actually addressed. For today, let's just talk about that piece of it because I think that is something I really want you guys to just process um, and understand. And this was really, I feel like I was a little all over the place with this one, too, because this is something that just really hit me today because I was reading this book, and then I went and listened to a podcast with Carolyn Leaf, and they were both saying this, so I felt like this is something I want to talk about. Um, So here's the. let's break it down real quick. Here's what we learned. Our brain develops habits to make it everything, our daily actions, more effective and easy. We like to have le- do less effort. We like to take less effort in doing things that are frequent and daily, which means we develop habits that are automated and we don't even think about it, whether we like them or not. Our brains are also plastic, which means they can change, which means these habits are habits. They're not ingrained behavior. They're not something that defines who we are. We can change them, but in order to change our habits, we need to first address, we first recognize the habit. What is it? What is the behavior we don't like? And all behavior that we do automatically is based on habit. It can be changed. So what is our habit that we're, that's being triggered, like yelling at our kids, perhaps? And what is our kids behavior or habits that we want to address? And the first thing I want you to look at is what's happening right before it. What is cueing that behavior? And that usually is easier to change than the habit or action itself. Change the cue first. So today I want you to think about what is the behavior I'm doing? Let's focus on ourselves first. We need to do that before we can even address what's going on with our teen. What is the behavior I'm doing? What's happening right beforehand? What is our teen doing right beforehand? What's cueing it? And how can I change my reaction to that cue? Or how can I change that cue? If you have any questions about this, um, please email me. You can go to askdrcam.com. This is something that I can definitely help you with if you've got some behaviors and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, there's this is definitely a rut I'm in and I'm not sure exactly how to get out of it, but now I really, now that I know I can get out of it and I can help my teen out of theirs, I want to, this is something I can definitely help you with and you can email me, go to askdrcam.com and send me an email and we can set up a free one-on-one where we can talk about what that behavior is and how we can address it together um, and see if it's a good fit and if it's something we want to work with so again that's askdrcam.com and today i'm excited because i got rid of one of my annoying little habits that i got myself into and just by deleting it so i'm changing the queue I'm not really even changing the cue because the cues are still going to be there. I'm changing what I can do when those cues are there. So I won't be able to turn to it because I can't avoid the cues. Um, So I'm changing how I can react to it. And with that, I just want to remind you that adolescence is not a phase for us just to survive. Adolescence is a phase for both, both us as parents and our teens can learn to thrive in, and I wanna help you do that. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, If you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.